Welcome to the Pete on Software podcast, where we program with passion. This is the podcast that discusses technology, the business side of software, and the tech people that drive our industry. And now, here's your host, Pete Shearer. Hi, and welcome to episode 46 of the Pete on Software podcast. This week, I want to talk about a book that I recently finished reading called Disrupted, My Misadventure in the Startup Bubble by Dan Lyons. My friend Dustin Rogers, who's a very talented designer and a former guest over on episode 10 of this podcast, turned me onto the book through some of his social media posts about it. You may know the author Dan Lyons from some of his previous work. He's well known as being Fake Steve Jobs from the Fake Steve Jobs blog, as well as a writer for Newsweek and recently as a writer on the Silicon Valley TV show. Well, about two years ago, Dan went to work for a company called HubSpot. I had heard the name HubSpot before, but I had no idea what they do to make money. Though, if you can't tell, make money was said with quotes around it, as we'll talk about in a little bit. Dan is from a specific culture. As he tells it, journalists have their own kind of humor and inside jokes, as every culture does. I'm sure programming culture, I know the programming culture has theirs. I get where he's coming from. On top of that, as a worker for the old media, he's used to a certain kind of corporate structure. And when he got to HubSpot, everything was completely different. Dan rips HubSpot's culture pretty much throughout the book. Though based in Boston, HubSpot is very much part of the Silicon Valley culture. Their entire strategy seemed to be about getting to IPO so that investors and founders could get rich. How did they do that? They hired a ton of people, paid them poorly, gave them a mission and lots of perks like a candy wall and free company clothing that in no way made up for their salary discrepancies. That's basically right out of the playbook that millennials want to work you know, have a mission, have something to work for, have a reason to be, yet, you know, this mission was kind of, was fake. It was not a real thing. You weren't saving the world. You weren't curing cancer. You know, they created this mission. But then what happened to them? HubSpot repeatedly turned them over after burning them out. HubSpot was supposed to be an inbound marketing company, but it had hundreds of employees working in an outbound call center in order to try to make sales, which is the opposite of what they were trying to preach to their customers. If you aren't familiar with the idea of inbound marketing, basically it's the holy grail of what internet marketers are trying to sell right now. You create content that's really valuable and appreciative people who are receiving value from you will just show up on your doorstep or give you a call and hand you sales. While HubSpot was consistently creating content, this is what the division that Lions actually worked in, they were not getting anywhere near the bulk of their revenue from it. Uh, Let's talk about revenue though. Even though they were founded in 2006, as they approached their IPO, they were still spending $1.50 just to make every dollar. They were losing money hand over fist, and they still ended up IPOing and having a market capitalization of $2 billion by the end of 2015. I understand losing money as you grow, but how has a business that has never come close to turning a profit supposedly worth so much money? And this is a company whose technology is supposedly kind of crappy compared to competitors and even free options. For example, Part of their offering is a blogging platform to generate content as part of their inbound marketing strategy. The book describes that it is nowhere near the quality or ease of use of WordPress, for example. But this is, the, this is the holy grail here, right? This is what people look up to. But to me, this seems a lot like the pump and dump stock scams in the 80s. This isn't like Apple. Say what you want about Apple's products, but they actually make something. People buy it. This isn't Google. Google makes a product and sells advertising to support the product. Instead, we're talking about a company that leaks money like a sieve and investment companies are rating the stock as a buy. I looked it up right now on Yahoo Finance and HubSpot's stock was rated a 1.9, where 1 is a strong buy and 5 is a sell. So that's a pretty strong endorsement. This is a pretend economy 
based on vapor and it's still going strong. I know I went on a bit of a tangent there, but I wanted to describe the culture that Dan Lyons exposes firsthand in his book. The funny thing is that HubSpot can't deny any of what's in the book. They just choose to put a different spin on it. One of their co-founders wrote a rebuttal to the book, which I will link in the show notes for just to show both sides. But it's really just about pushing more of the same message that Lyons actually faithfully includes in the book. What is kind of funny is apparently HubSpot was a little worried because two high-ranking people who are mentioned in the book originally under pseudonyms actually got fired from the company because they tried to steal the manuscript for the book. The U.S. Attorney General actually got involved but ultimately filed no charges. At the same time, though, no one will say what actually happened. Lyons has filed a Freedom of Information Act request to try to find out, and no one will say. He actually addresses it in a book, uh, in the book, in an epilogue that he included right before they went to press a few months ago. But, you know, that looks suspicious. He tried to talk to the board. He tried to talk to the U.S. Attorney General. He tried to talk to some of the people, you know, involved. Supposedly the CEO knew about it. He didn't get fired. It's just very, very odd. There's some speculation that there was a hacking attempt. You know, Lyons describes that he started being nervous. You know, what did they, what did they dig through? What did they get on? You know, did they get, were they in his house? Did they break into his computer, you know, remotely? Uh, did someone break into an office somewhere else? What happened? He doesn't know. It makes him very uncomfortable and it's super, super shady. The book is a pretty entertaining read throughout. At times it does lag a little bit and there are definitely some times you just want to tell the author to just suck it up and stop being such an idiot. There are times when he pokes the bear and you just cringe reading it, knowing that he's not helping himself at all. There are times that stuff's going on. He works with younger people. There's a theme throughout the book that HubSpot doesn't have very many older people working there. And they don't. Even in uh, Darmesh Shaw, who is the co-founder I mentioned, who wrote the rebuttal, even in Darmesh's rebuttal, he brags about the number of people working there over 40, realizing they need to improve on it. But of the 700 and some employees, the handful that are over 40 is just kind of ridiculous. They have almost no diversity whatsoever, not only in the high up ranks, but just in the day-to-day workers. They're all white people. They really seem to make no effort to try to improve that. I realize as a talking point that is a problem in the industry as a whole. Twitter famously, they're only, they had an African-American engineer or head of engineer, I'm not sure what he was, but he actually quit over the lack of diversity uh, and their lack of interest in solving the problem. So it's a Silicon Valley problem. It's a HubSpot problem. It just gets lip service as far as solutions. But he talks about that in the book as well. But at the same time, you know, being in the environment, you just, you see Lions setting up this stuff and you go, dude, can you just not? Right? Knowing what you've been through, knowing the issues you've already had, knowing how sensitive some of these people are. He just didn't seem to operate in his own best interest sometimes. All in all, though, I strongly recommend the book, and I'm glad that Dustin turned me on to it. Most of the chapters are pretty short, so you can easily pick it up and put it down over lunch hours or other short breaks. Uh, if you read it or have read it, let me know on Twitter or in the comments section, uh, because I'd love to hear your feedback. My pick of the week this week is HyperDev, which is a new product from Fog Creek, the people that brought you Trello, if you're not super familiar with them. Joel Spolsky, who's the owner of Fog Creek, and whose Joel on Software was the inspiration for my blog and podcast name, Pete on Software, wrote a post announcing HyperDev that I'll link in the show notes. But basically, here's how it works. You go to HyperDev.com, 
H-Y-P-E-R-D-E-V.com. And you get a container, like a Docker container, like a container server, your own little instance. You can then edit a node application right there in your web browser. The files are there. It's a very basic IDE. Uh, works like JS Fiddle, where you can change some things, especially the UI components. Uh, you see them in the screen. You see them reflected in an editor. But then, because it's a server container, you can actually then view the application. You can execute the application. You get a public URL that you can give to other people so other people can see your application. Uh, you literally, like I said, you get your own public URL. It loads pretty slowly at first, uh, but once it did, I was started getting pretty good response times after that. You certainly wouldn't want to run a production application on there, not only because it's in beta, but because I think it's just a, a development tool, maybe a monkey around tool. I don't know that the expectation is that it becomes a platform or anything. I think it's just a way to, to do this kind of work. But you can mess around, like I said, with Node and Express. Try them out. You can give it a look over at hyperdev.com. So that's it for this week. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me up at Pete on Software on Twitter or over at PeteOnSoftware.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.